0: You're listening to episode 24 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat.
1: Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich.
0: Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is an extremely, extremely important topic. It is all about keeping our children safe on social media. This episode is one that you are going to learn so much from. There are so many golden nuggets of information from a guest who I chat to who is absolutely super knowledgeable and specialized in this area and she shares some fantastic tips and strategies that you can start implementing right now with the children or child in your life and also is helpful for professionals that do work with children. Today's episode is one that every parent needs to be aware of and just lean into the information and accepting that we've got to educate ourselves in this area, build our awareness and knowledge around it because ignoring it and and hoping it's going to go away or that it will all be fine, I don't think is realistic. So I'm not going to have you wait any longer. Um, My guest, Kira, is going to get into some extremely valuable information that she will share and I know that you will get a lot from it. So let's start the chat. So joining me today, I have Kira Pendergast, who since 2007, Kira has been educating people on the safe use of social media and consulting in social media security, privacy, and risk management, which has been her passion. And so in 2009, she founded Australia's first consulting company focused on these areas. Kira has a deep personal understanding when it comes to cyberbullying and trolling, and this has made her work even more valuable when looking at how to deal with victims of cyberbullying. Her company, Safe on Social Media, educates people and organisations about the law, reducing risk, safety, and privacy when online. Kira is a public speaker and educator, and she's presented to more than 300,000 students, teachers, and parents at schools across Australia and New Zealand, and also at countless legal seminars, government and business events, conferences, and business staff wellbeing sessions. Welcome to Chat About Children, Kira. Thank you, Sonia. You are a very busy lady, and that is for a very good reason because it's all about being safe on social media. And as I said to you just before recording, I'm really looking forward to what you have to offer our listeners. As a parent myself, I have children who Mm -hmm. are not quite at the tween stage, and I've got lots of questions like, okay, where do we even start preparing children to be safe on social media? But before we get to that, I wondered for you, Kira, what was it that led you? to this field in the first place and what's keeping you in it?
1: Oh, in the very first instance, it was a presentation that I gave to the Chief Information Officer's Council with the Queensland government when they asked me about this new thing called Facebook. So that was a, quite a long time ago <laughs> now, yes. as you can imagine. It's gone at lightning pace. And shortly after all of that happened, a couple of years later, I had a fallout with the next business associate. I got really, really heavily cyberbullied online by them and by another person as I was a witness in a fatal car accident. So as mm. the prime witness case, the person who was charged Gave me a really hard time online too. So I had like the perfect storm of two happening at once. Had to go through the whole process of trying to get an AVO and all of that sort of stuff through court and it got thrown out because it was called journalistic back then because it was on Facebook. Wow. So that's what led me into this space when I literally woke up. I'll remember it for as long as I live, 15th of March. 2015, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and went, what do I do? I was just in the middle of the worst possible. I hadn't left the house in three months. The depression and anxiety was off the hook. And I kind of thought, what do I do? And I said, no, I keep people safe on social media. And I typed that in and the URL was available. And I called one of the local high schools and they slotted me to present to 24 principals two weeks later. And wow. about 20 20- of Booked me within a week and it's not stopped since.
0: <laughs> yeah. I look, I can imagine. It's just yeah. cute. And your experience is obviously what makes your presentations so valuable because you've got that personal insight and you went through that roller coaster of emotion, which is quite awful. It's quite traumatic.
1: It's really traumatic, but also it had been, you know, I had 20, well, I'd been working in the IT industry for 18 years prior to all of that unfolding. Mm-hmm. And my area of expertise in that space, I worked in consulting, business development and everything around a lot of cyber security kind of yes. work. Yes. So I have a very, very, very deep background in that space. And so it was like joining the dots. It yeah. was a whole heap of that people hadn't thought looked, you know, it was very similar to what I'd seen before in the security sector, but coming through a different application.
0: Yeah. So to speak. Absolutely. So all that great knowledge, this is where we're going to dig into the juicy stuff, Kira. So as you know, this podcast, the the main focus is talking about children kind of from birth to the tween stage, that 12, you know, year six or 12 year old level. So I find the whole thing quite overwhelming. So how on earth do we prepare our children for social media? Like when do we even start?
1: Oh from as young as possible you know it's not uncommon to see somebody in the street in a cafe and they've handed their Two-year-old in a pram a a phone to keep them quiet to watch a video or something like that You know, I think in the first instance we need to look at what it is that they're actually dealing with now Sitting a child down in front of youtube is not the same as sitting them down in front of a tv You know, we really need to get a few things very very clear on how hyper connected The world is now when there's 2.3 billion people on Facebook alone. Wow. And we're putting a device in a child's hand that is more powerful than what ran the whole of, you know, every bank and every government in Australia in, you know, the 80s, late 80s. It's extraordinary when you think about the size and the scale of it and
0: what children are being exposed to. It's huge. And I don't think anyone thinks about it that way.
1: Yeah. Parents now really need to, you know, it's a different world of parenting. And like, I'm known for being very frank in what, how I speak about this. But the biggest thing that I see right now is parents not realising, some parents not realising that if a child's in grade seven, for example, smartphones have been a part of their life since they were two. So they've never known a world without it. Kids now, online and off is the same thing. It's just life. So yeah. a parent has to be as actively involved in a child's online life as they are in their offline life. It's really important. It's wow. nothing that
0: you can assume that you know everything. So you mentioning like a two year old getting handed a phone, you've mentioned yeah. Facebook? Are you finding there's certain trends in terms of when a, or when a lot of parents are introducing something like Facebook to their children? Are there stats or research on any of that?
1: Oh, look, there is. To be honest, I don't know that sign off the top of my head. Like Facebook was officially voted social media for old people recently. Kids don't use it. We see kids using Instagram and Snapchat. But I'm seeing that use younger and younger and younger as first generation MySpace become parents. They think they know everything about social media, but they were usually, or they were, the first group to go through this with no boundaries, no parents that had no idea. And so it's often, you know, it's a bit like the Wild West. Yeah. They're not sure what the risks are because they don't know what they don't know, but they assume they know everything because they've been using it their whole life. Yes. So therefore, they are falling through the cracks and being handed a video like a YouTube channel on a phone or an iPad or something like that without the correct settings in place to help block out certain content and make sure they're at less risk of seeing things that even sneak through on YouTube for kids, which is supposed to be for under 13s, you know, all of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there's obviously measures that people can put in place in terms of, as you've said, settings that can be set up so that it's filtering what's coming through. What other little strategies do you suggest parents can use in terms of monitoring what's going on? Because what's realistic? Well, they need to be educated about what they've actually signed up for to start right right back. And
1: I think what we've gotten into as a society is a habit of clicking accept terms and conditions of use without reading them yeah. and not understanding what they're actually signed up for. So with every single one of the major apps, it says 13 plus. And the reason that's in place is for the Child Online Privacy and Protection Agency out of the US called COPPA. It's not actually illegal for a child to use an app under the age of 13 with parental permission.
0: Mm-hmm. However,
1: it's legal for every single one of those major companies to store and retain the information of a child under the age of 13 for the purposes of sales and marketing. So what we've got is a whole generation that have lied about their age online, that's permanently recorded. We don't know how it's going to be used to get them in the future if it's something that might be searched by a future employer and they see a pattern of deceit or whatever. We've got to take all of that stuff into consideration. That's where it really needs to start. And what does that include? Well, it includes access to texts, photos, videos. We've become the product here. The companies are making money on our personal information. So we've got to think, are you comfortable with your child from age seven or eight? Because that's where I see Instagram and Snapchat in grade two and up in schools consistently across Australia are you comfortable with every aspect of your child's life being tracked online until forever Mm -hmm. because that's what's happening here and what are they using that information for and how can you control it and the thing that I see that comes up all the time is some massive security child safety issues that parents don't think about about how easy it is to figure out from Instagram where they go to school because mum's posted a fit picture of a child holding a certificate or they're in their school uniform or whatever and mapping that right down to, you know, think about how we used to educate kids with stranger danger and how easy it is now for someone to pull up at a school gate, search the name of a school on Instagram, go into your account, see everything about your child and call them over to the gate and say, Mummy told me to pick you up because something happened to the dog.
0: Oh, frightening.
1: It is frightening. But it's all avoidable if parental controls and things are put in place but they need to understand what is actually happening and that we are the product in this space and then work it back from there so the parental controls in most devices now are extraordinary there's a whole heap of solutions on iphones and things like that they're fantastic Yep. every single app has parental controls like what i was saying about youtube before That's a relatively easy fix if you scroll right to the very bottom of the homepage on YouTube, Mm -hmm. turn on lock-restricted mode on this browser, you're going to filter out all the 18-plus content. And then anything that pops up, what I also recommend parents do is switch off autoplay. In the top right-hand corner where all the videos start stacking together, just simply turning off autoplay and making sure that the video is coming from a verified channel. Yep. and not just being pulled in yes. from wherever, it's another big safety thing.
0: Yes, fantastic. Yeah. As you can probably hear, I can talk about it for hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, all good. But yeah, there's so much to talk about. And this is all, as I said, I haven't even personally started looking into too much of it. I just, for me, I'm like, well, there's just, there's no use of the iPad that might for my kids. They don't use a phone yet. The iPad is at, at the moment for educational apps, which I'm sitting with them for. So, right now it's like super controlled, but that's not going to be for long because so it's kind of like, what's that start? And you've just mentioned that value of okay, everything does have those parental controls, you've just got to go into the right section, click on it, be aware of it, etc., and just start doing that. And I think one of the things that you can extend on is I wonder about parents and what behaviours we want to aim to role model for our children, if any. Do you have any advice there?
1: Oh, well, I, I, you know,
0: I see everything. It's like the amount of times that I see parents telling their kids that
1: they've got to be set to private and yet their whole account is public. Or, you know, don't share this and yet mum sets up a hashtag for a kid's name so that they can share that with family and whatever. Or uh, there's just so, so, so much where child's not allowed to use the device but mum sitting there or dad is sitting there on their device on their phone the whole time when they're I saw a classic in Brisbane a few weeks ago I was sitting in a cafe and the little girl she would have been about 11 was Mm -hmm. sitting there reading a book mum was watching videos on a phone it was just like this wow (laughs) no conversation happening little girl's buried in a book and mum's on a phone
0: oh yeah I won't get started on that topic Because, Kira, as a speech pathologist and all about human interaction and communication, I have real issues seeing that. And as I said, I won't go into it, but certainly over the years I've seen a big change in, in social language skills and social communication difficulties because of the decrease in that human interaction. But that's another topic altogether. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so basically what you're saying is being a role model if we're going to set a rule for the kids let's actually show and use an example or be an example to them so that everyone is consistent with with Correct. what the rules are and that to me sounds very logical so being a good role model and I guess the other thing would be start talking about it I mean kids come home and will say oh what's Facebook and then what is Instagram they start to hear the words and the vocabulary starts to come home. Do you have a particular way that you find is helpful to describe the platforms?
1: Oh, it's so dependent on the child because there's a lot of parents that don't want their kids exposed to it at all. Mm. There's a lot of kids that are already for whatever reason, you know, but I think I agree with what you were just saying before. I think we really need and what I give is tips in my parent talk sessions is around encouraging families to talk about what's okay and not okay to share online from a very young age. Yeah. The so things like whether any member of the family shares a photo of the house or the pet's name online, you know, or whether when to share family holiday photos and what ones can be shared, you know, what personal information is not to be shared online. Can parents share pictures of their kids' approval? No. Yep. Ask them as young as possible. So they're learning to ask people as they get older, you know, that's, just becomes part of their world that they always ask permission. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously those rules are going to change over time and need to be like developmentally appropriate and, you know, slowly build in more trust, independence, freedom. But kids need more autonomy as they get older. I think there's a lot of hysteria around this stuff as well that needs to be
0: calmed down
1: a bit you know like not all screen time is created equally for example
0: yes Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah no that's true
1: all of that kind of stuff there's you know there's a lot of hysteria around this because it's a fear base for parents because they don't understand it and just getting a slight little education in this so you're just 10 feet in front of your kids is going to make a huge difference
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and I think You're right, being clear with expectations and boundary setting, I think is really important and that's really what you've highlighted there. Yeah. In terms of platforms, and you mentioned a few that kids are using more so now, if it were the case, and I know it's not straightforward because it's different for every family, but is there a platform that you would recommend would be a better one for kids to start? Is there such a thing or is it all just really the boundaries apply no matter what you're using, or is one more kid friendly? Like, and you can tell, I don't use Snapchat, so I have no idea what it's about. But yeah, enlighten me. Well, why don't I just give you a quick
1: brief on a couple of the more popular ones and what I see. Mm. I think what we really need to think about here is the apps don't do anything. It's how a human interacts with them that causes the issue, okay? Like an app is not going to bully someone. Someone's using the app as a platform to bully somebody. So that we've also got to take into consideration when we're talking about kids in the age group that you're discussing, so say grade six and under, Mm
0: -hmm. you need
1: to be very aware of anything that has a chat function in it. They can be talking to anyone. The first boundary I always ask parents to set in their house is to keep the phones and iPads and things out of the bedroom as young as possible. It becomes a habit then, that then it's a healthy habit where everyone in the house knows that at 7 o'clock at night devices go on the kitchen bench or whatever, you know, whatever the rule is in that house and that becomes that habit. And then if a child is caught with a phone in their bedroom at 8 o'clock at night or whatever, then there's some sort of, you know, remove it from them for a week or some sort of punishment. So we need to put those healthy boundaries in place as young as possible. And then when you step into the apps, like if kids are, Gaming at a very young age, there's some great little apps around like Minecraft and all of those that can be played offline completely and no chat function. It's when there's a chat enablement where all of a sudden they're connected to millions of strangers Hmm. around the world where the biggest risk is for little kids because they assume that people are who they say they are and quite often they're not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for young minds, it's very difficult to understand that and to process that. And I think the online world is just hard to process for young minds and, and older minds too. You know, it's a real challenge to separate when it's just so much part of our lives. So how would you suggest parents make a start on kind of educating about predators you know when do you start having that kind of conversation and it is going to be different there's no real like oh at age 8 start having this conversation does that just happen from the outset and what how do you kind of describe it to children
1: again it's case by case a lot of kids are more savvy online than others there's a lot of things that are happening online which parents would be really shocked at like it is not uncommon for a child to be exposed to pornography of some type as young as 4 mm you know, that stat has lowered dramatically over the last few years. The big thing that I'm seeing at the moment is kids using Instagram. And I asked this question in primary school. So kids asking in like getting direct message requests from complete strangers yep. through Instagram. It's a function you can't turn off. And kids are inquisitive and they're curious. And someone sent them a message going, hey, how are you? They're going to go, I'm good. Who are you? Yeah, And respond So that's why I think it's better that they stick with those age recommendation guidelines of 13. So a kid's got a bit more savviness about how they respond to something because the big, big clanger that I see in this space is like I had it not long ago, especially with that direct message thing through Instagram. Two little girls in grade four had received a message from someone asking for photos of their feet. Mm -hmm. That happens quite a bit and then they'll come back and ask for more inappropriate photos, yada, yada, yada. That goes on. Okay, so these two little girls, one of them did and took a photo of her feet and responded. She told me immediately after the session what had happened because she wanted help. And the reason she hadn't told her mum Mm -hmm. was because when they asked for photos of their feet, she responded with WTF. So this little girl in grade four thought she was going to get in trouble for swearing. Yes, yes. She's got a direct... Issue with someone that could be a predator and didn't know what to do. So, we need to absolutely have that conversation as young as possible. The eSafety Commissioners website, eSafety.gov.au, I'm one of their certified training providers, mm-hmm. has a whole heap of conversation starters Prentice. there that parents can access so they can start talking to their kids about, you know good secrets and bad secrets and all of those kinds of things to start to build that trust because this is not going away. So we want trust-based relationships in place with our children. Yes. We want to know that if something goes wrong, if something feels weird in their stomach, if something they see on the internet is scary or they want to talk about it, that they can. Without judgment, they can come straight to you. That is a really important foundation to build here as young as possible.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I think that trust relationship is what all parents aim for and want. And it does take that, I think just that consistency in having their child feel okay, and I'm safe, and it's going to be okay, and I'm not going to get into trouble. And we've just as parents have to do our best to demonstrate that, rather than saying it and doing the opposite, which is what can then turn them the other way and keep them quiet. I wonder, and just when you mentioned the, the little girl turn to you. In schools, you know, they do a lot of stuff about bullying and online stuff, and I don't have the lowdown on all of it. But do you find that children, if they're not going to their parents, do you find there's a trend on where they go? Do they go to their peers? Where are they going for that extra help?
1: They do. They go straight to their peers first. Sometimes they'll go to a teacher, depending on it. But you know, it is not at all uncommon for me to have a lineup of kids wanting to Tell me stuff after a session because they're not sure. And there's, you know, they want to figure this out and they want to know that, you know, I'm always telling them, speak up. We want this to be a safe place. Speak up, report them, block them, all of those kinds of things. So we can create this safe space for a child because it is an integral part of their life. You know, they're all on phones, they're all got access to everything all the time. So we need to think about this and how that
0: works a bit better. And that's why your work is so important, basically, (laughs) basically. So are there any silent warning signs that something might not be going right for our child who is using social media that we can keep an eye out for?
1: Yeah, look, as I said, I think there's less likely. I always talk to parents about this is like teaching a child how to cross the road or drive a car. You wouldn't let them just cross the road as a tiny little thing without lessons on how to do that, holding their hand all of those kinds of things, you're going to mitigate a whole heap of risk when it comes to mitigating some kind of major accident that might happen. There's still a chance there will be an accident, but it's going to be less likely if they know what to do in this space. And it's the same when we buy kids' phone Mm -hmm. and then it's like throwing them the keys to the car and letting them drive off down the Pacific Highway with no lessons, all of those kinds of things. We need to really put that foundation in place first and i always said to parents it doesn't have to be complicated here this is where the trust relationship comes in that if something goes wrong all you want as a parent at the end of the day is for your child to tell you that something's gone wrong yes. and they need help okay yes. that's the very basics here we don't need to know the ins and outs of every app and all of that sort of stuff you need to be talking to children and I'm, you know, I'm a massive, massive campaigner around the fact that don't does not work. It never has worked. It never will work. It's the quickest way for a child to run out and do the complete opposite.
0: Absolutely. yeah, I'm with so
1: you. So they'll, yeah, they'll often turn to their friends for help first, okay? So we need to teach young people then how to help them support their friends, okay? Yes. So by default we're teaching them how to help themselves at the same time. So I'm always saying strategize with young people. I used to corner my now 22-year-old son in the car for any of these kinds of conversations. It's like, you know, what would you do if a friend came to you because they're being cyberbullied? Yeah. If they don't know the answer because they're taught to be upstanders and all of those sorts of things in schools, programs, if they don't know the answer as long as they say, I tell you, mum, you're winning in this space. Because then you know where you can go. You can go to eSafety.gov.au, you can go to my website, you can go to a whole plethora of places to find that information. You know, even things like how would you address a friend who's sharing too much information online? Ask those questions. When you're feeding that information to a young person so they can support their friends, at the same time you're teaching them that they can be a leader and they're empowered to be someone their friends can count on. Yes. And that lasts for a lifetime. In this space yes. you know even right down to if you've got a child hassling you for a phone because that usually starts around 8 now yeah I say get their learning so much about this in school now either through people like me or programs or stuff in the curriculum I do massive amounts of professional learning in this space for teachers to be up to speed on it parents are educating themselves all of those things so get kids to do the research to present to you on a topic of cyber safety every week in the lead-up to them getting that phone. So it's like them doing their own little program. So they've presented to you. You're probably going to learn something.
0: Nice. (laughs) I like this idea. idea.
1: Yeah. Yes. At least, at the very minimum, if the question's asked, what would you do in this situation?
0: I'd tell you. Perfect. Fantastic. Fantastic. I really do like that idea. That is just a whole different level of them absorbing and digesting and processing that information and then to have to teach someone else you're really going okay I think you're ready I think you're not or you're you're ready in these areas but let's kind of polish up a conversation around this topic I like that that is fantastic
1: to layer over the top of that there's all of the apps
0: that kids use have notifications
1: okay so you can set it up so that If, for example, it's like putting training wheels on a bike. If your 12-year-old wants Instagram or something like that or a bit younger and you think they're emotionally capable, like I would never recommend it under the recommended age guideline of 13, but if it happens that that is the case for whatever reason, set it up with your email address so that you switch on notifications. It's going to drive you completely crazy, but you're going to get access to every single message that comes through And sometimes you're going to see it before your child does. Okay. I had a girlfriend do that just recently and she decided, she said to her daughter, look, you know, we don't like where this is going at the moment. So we're removing it from the equation for a bit. Okay, so You learn how it's going because she was getting messages from another friend who didn't have a lot of parental influence, positive influence happening in this space at 11, 12 o'clock at night. And the girls are, you know, 11 years old. Wow. So it's like, they've chosen to go, you know what, no, until this is happening. And because the mum was getting all of the notifications.
0: Good way to do it. It's like setting a probationary period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like that. Put them on their L's. Yeah, totally. Totally. Makes sense. And you've given us lots and lots of golden nuggets, can I say so far, the things that we can do straight away, which is awesome, Kira. And to extend on that, you've mentioned a few websites. Or Are there any other kind of useful guides or courses that you have that you recommend to those professionals that might need extra training or parents that are wanting some more valuable resources? Yeah, I speak in schools every day. Schools engage me to do that. Just today,
1: actually, I just got my approval through from NESA, which used to be the New South Wales Board of Studies. They've just fully... I credited my big six-hour professional learning session in this space called What Every Teacher Needs to Know About Social Media and Cyber Safety. So that's a big course that people right. can do. There's a lot of information on the Safety Commissioner's website, loads of it. Loads of There's a portal there called iParent, which has a whole heap of information. I regularly put things out through newsletters on what apps are coming through, what I'm seeing as trends in schools, what parents should look out for. I tend to look at both the positive and negative on every app because kids are going to use it. Let them use it. You know, I'm constantly saying Instagram's an amazing tool to promote any creative stuff. Anything yeah. like, you know, the example I used today when I spoke at Mwoolumba High School was To year 9 and 10, I'm like, use Instagram once you turn 13. If you know what you want to do when you leave school, so say you want to be a chef, set up an account that's just talking about cooking and food and healthy lifestyle so that by the time you apply for an apprenticeship, you've got all of this background where an employer goes, oh, my God, they've been passionate about cooking since they were 13 because they can see it when they're searched online. So there's positives and negatives there.
0: Fantastic. That's really cool. I actually never thought about it from that angle, but that makes so much sense doesn't it
1: yeah and look there's positives to everything we even see the thing where this on snapchat there's a thing called the snap map you know i've seen that used so positively parents are freaked out because it looks like kids can be tracked and yeah they can but if they have the correct settings in place Mm -hmm. and have chosen one or two or three of their select friends to be in that map I've seen it used by kids in Sydney where they've told me they've gotten off the wrong train station to go to a friend's place, they've gotten lost, they've been able to get on the snap map and their friend tells them exactly where to go to get to their house. So there is positives for all of it. But, like, I can give you a list of my top tips straight Mm -hmm. off if you wanted me to talk about that.
0: Well, look, that's kind of my final kind of closing was, like, what's the take-home message? What are your top tips for the parents and professionals when it does come to creating a safer social media environment? That would be great to know.
1: Well, I guess, you know, number one, talk to children about online privacy issues. Make sure they know to never identify their name, school, city, state in which they live, all of that personal information and how to keep that private. I think we need to respect other people's privacy. Don't share anyone else's personal information online. That's right down to parents taking photos at schools. Consider the kids in the background. This is why you are asked to sign a media release document I had a school near here recently that had an issue with a child that was photographed and posted online by a parent. That child was in a witness protection program. Mm. So you never know what's going on in other people's places, so always respect other people's privacy. Understand the importance of passwords, the simple things. That's your first line of defence here. I teach kids to treat their passwords like they're underpants. Yep. Change them up and keep them private. Never share them with anyone. Those nice. kinds of things. Yep. Yeah. Nice. How to recognise a scam. They're not going to win a free iPhone or whatever for sharing something on a social media thing. Please make sure the apps and games are age-appropriate. Gaming in particular, not uncommon for me to see Grand Theft Auto as young as grade one. That is an R-rated game for a reason. It is violent. It is sexually violent. It's misogynistic. It's a nightmare. We all saw what happened with Christchurch that looked like Call of Duty to me. It was filmed exactly the same way. We've got a whole generation of kids that are becoming really desensitized to violence based on what they're seeing constantly. So We really need to make sure that apps and games are age appropriate. Sit down, play the game with your child for 30 minutes, disable the chat function, all of those, and make it a safe space for them to game happily with their group of friends. Make sure they know under no circumstances to go and meet up with anyone they've met online until they're way older and they understand all of the safety things that they need to put in place when they're older teenagers. Ban devices from the bedroom as young as possible. Don't do, say, or repeat anything they wouldn't say if the person was standing right in front of them. Phones don't react. So kids have lost that empathy. They've also lost the idea of what privacy is because we've been sharing them online since they were an ultrasound photo. They don't get it because they've never had it. So we need to step back and ask them permission. And I guess the big one for all of us, especially in Australia's current political climate, is we need to recognise that other people's opinions might be different to your own. And if you don't agree with it, don't engage. It's really that simple, because you could be staring down the barrel of a defamation suit or anything like that quicker than you can blink, particularly on community pages. I was born... In Byron Bay. I live in Lennox Head. You know, up here, the Facebook pages, if you talk on a Byron Bay community page or something like that about shark nets, vaccinations, or potholes, <laughs> you have to duck and run because someone's going to attack you because they've got a very different opinion on those things. So we need to be more aware of yeah. how what we're saying can affect others, and there is a lot of triggers. A lot of people sharing animal cruelty or domestic violence stuff and things like that. Think about the people in your circle and who you could be really triggering in that space as well. So we yes. need to step back and be a bit more considerate.
0: Yes. In those. Completely agree. And gosh, you've just said a lot and those top tips are awesome and there is so much within them. So it's almost like listen to that and then go back and listen to it again <laughs> and take notes. Yeah absolutely brilliant kira and as i said at the start this is why you are a busy lady because we all need it we need it as parents we need it for our children the professionals need it we all want our best for them but amongst it all keeping it simple and i think what you've said about being that person that they can trust and being that safe person is really your ultimate goal and then you're kind of winning
1: you know as a parent we're the guardrails you know nudge them back in when something goes wrong be there to fully support them make sure that they know how to handle things and that you know they are loved and supported in this space and don't be that bulldozer parent you know there are going to be some things where they you know parents have really got to consider the fact too that when there's bullying involved their kid could be the bully and the other person's retaliating you know we have to The very opening of my parent talks, I say, as a parent, you need to look at things like a crow does. Like if you ever see one of those black ravens jumping down the side of the highway, you'll see it turn its head and look at it with one eye and then it'll turn its head and look at it with the other, okay? Yes. Think about that because we need to know that, you know, everything right down to, you know, the example I always use, your little girl is into cats. She gets Instagram, she's 10, she types in hashtag alternative name for cat. What's she gonna see? You need to look at everything on the internet, meaning, and what can they be exposed to. Do the research. Yep. Don't feel pressured because other kids have got it. Oh, but your mom, you're the, I'm the only one that doesn't have it, comes up. Well, you know, would you do that if they were asking for cigarettes or whatever else at that yep. age? So, you know, be the parent first. Yeah. You don't
0: need to be a best friend.
1: Absolutely, be job.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. So, yeah. I'm with you. You've got to maintain that role, haven't you? Otherwise, it'd be okay. very skewed and confusing for the children too. Okay. Correct. Well, Kira, I have learnt a lot. I have a lot more to learn, and I know our listeners are probably feeling the same. So. Thank you so, so much for having a chat with me today and for also passing on, as I said, all those useful you know, guides, courses, and golden nuggets in this short chat that we've had today. I am so, so appreciative and I wish you all the best with all the work you're doing. And I hope you just keep getting those big lineups of kids that are asking you for help for the next step, because that to me, <laughs> is a, it's a negative, but a positive that they're actually coming out and you know, wanting to putting their hand up and saying, "I want that help, and I want this to get better and sorted." So, yeah, giving you lots of positive energy there, Kira. Thank you, thank you. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. And what an absolutely valuable episode there with Kira Pendergast. She certainly knows her stuff, and I feel like it's an episode. As I as I said earlier in the chat that you want to listen to again and take some notes. And above all else, there's that real emphasis that we've got to connect with our children. We've got to be that person in their lives that they feel safe coming to, um, that they know they're not going to be reprimanded or get into trouble, that you are there to keep them safe and that they are going to be okay. So not to put the pressure on the parenting role as uh, as we have enough pressures as it is, but you know, as Kira said, let's just keep this simple. If we can be that person of trust for our children, we are winning. If you have found this episode valuable, and I know you have, and there are others out there that you want to share it with, with please do share this episode with friends, with family, with colleagues, and let's spread the word and get the word out there so we can keep our children safe on social media. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast and have a look at our website, chataboutchildren.com, for additional resources. I celebrate you and look forward to our next chat.
1: Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestelic. www.chataboutchildren.com.